0: Matthew 2, part 2, Christ persecuted the flight. (coughs) And notice, as as I'm reading this, notice uh, the parallel in the life of Moses. Okay? So after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, which is what God almost always says when he's going to talk to a prophet or somebody. Get up. Coombe. In, in Hebrew, get up. Uh, uh, usually it's kum lech, get up and speak. or But here, get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, because Herod will search for the child in order to kill him. So how does that parallel with the life of Moses? Well, they were going to kill the Hebrew children. Yeah, who was going to kill the children? Pharaoh. Who's going to kill the, the Hebrew child now? King. Who is going to rescue baby Jesus from the wicked Israelite king? In a manner of speaking. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Isn't this kind of turned over on its head? All of a sudden, the guy who was the bad guy in Exodus... Kinda is the. I mean, I know it's 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 fourteen hundred years later, but but uh, Egypt. I don't I don't I don't honestly know if uh, if uh, Pharaoh Ptolemy and his wife Cleopatra. Because at this time, every pharaoh was named Ptolemy, and all of their wives were named Cleopatra. They just have Roman numerals after them, and they're almost always brother and sister, besides being husband and wife. But um. So, but I don't know if Pharaoh Ptolemy even knew that. Joseph and Mary were there. Why would he care? You know, all they had to do was pay the entrance tax. Oh, you got some gold? Hey, they got gold. You know, and, and uh, like you guys said, and, uh, and they can come and they, did they find an apartment to live in or do they have a tent or whatever? Sure. So they found something. I doubt they were long there that long. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night. So, oh, Uh, and and left for Egypt. How does this parallel with the Abraham stories? Whenever God told Abraham to do something, when did Abraham usually do it? Usually first thing in the morning. When does Joseph run? As soon as he wakes up. He gets up that night, and they pack up and go. Of course, the thing is, um, Abraham had a lot more stuff to pack up than Joseph. And I mean, they were in Bethlehem. They weren't even home, right? They basically had their suitcase or their satchel, and Mary, you know, Mary, where's your purse? I don't know. I don't, you know. So they had to find the purse and the car keys, and off we go, right? Um, and they and they get going, and they left for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod. Um, I'm going to pause there because. Uh, 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 one of you asked me a question just a few days ago, and I answered it. And this plays into the chronology of uh, actually your, uh, uh, this very year and every year of your life. Because all of, of our chronology really is, is confused by when did Herod the Great die? Um, so is, does BC, before Christ, Does it end, is 1 B.C. the year before Jesus was born? That's the question. Or did it end earlier? Because there are four dates accepted for the death of Herod the Great, of course. Why, Why would the devil ever give us a break? The devil is never your friend, and the devil loves to throw sand in your eyes when you fight him because he's a dirty fighter. And so the devil has given us 5 B.C., 4 B.C., 1 B.C. and 1 A.D. as the four possible dates for the death of Herod the Great. Um, And partly because it was not recorded by anybody uh, in his lifetime or after his death who wanted to date his death with any precision. The sons of his who inherited the thrones after Herod died, they divided his kingdom into four thrones, those sons, Herod Philip and Herod and, and, and Antipater and uh, Archelaus and so forth, they actually seem to have predated their reigns into his lifetime so, to, to secure their position on the throne. Oh no, I've been ruling here for four years already. I'm still, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not becoming king, I'm still king. So all of a sudden, the teenager comes out of his apartment over across the Dead Sea and says, oh, no, this has always been where I live. Right, guys? Looking at the army, you know, that he's paying. Yes, you know, yes, sir. And, and so I don't, I don't know if that was, it was their salute, but, but uh, that's, that's what they did. So was it 5 B.C. or 4 B.C., according to that? Was it 1 B.C., or was it, as tradition says, which is how we got our calendar, 1 A.D.? when he died shortly after the birth of Jesus. So that's, that's partly the problem. And there are some who think that the guy who did the, the calendar, his name was Dionysius Exiguus, that maybe he didn't have enough information and got the date wrong. And that's what I learned back in my school days. Um, but now I'm not so sure. I kind of think that he thought Herod the Great died in his 1 AD, which fits his calendar perfectly, and that that's only been disputed recently because of the confusion with Herod's sons. So maybe our calendar is exactly right. Maybe it's not off. So is that confusing enough? Well, then let's go on. All So Joseph stayed in Egypt, down in Egypt, until the death of Herod. Um, and by the way, not, not that far of a walk. The, the, the walk to Egypt from Bethlehem is a little farther maybe twice as far as the walk up to Nazareth no these are not places that are that distant you know, depending on what part of Egypt he went to but if he had gone all the way to Goshen then we're thinking it would have taken a couple weeks okay not just three days or six days but a couple weeks but still a couple weeks okay um, so he stayed there till the death of Herod This happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Let's all read it. Out of Egypt I called my son. Hosea 11.1. So another famous passage out of the prophet Hosea, which is in Hosea a reference to Israel coming out of Egypt as a nation, but seen here as also a prophecy of Christ coming out of Egypt. Um, And I just want to bring this up. So the Lord used a prophet, this is Hosea 12, 13, a different verse. The Lord used a prophet to bring Israel up from Egypt by a prophet he cared for him. So Hosea is talking about Moses, clearly, right? That's the prophet who brought Israel up out of Egypt. But this time, if we just apply Hosea's words, the Lord used what? To bring Israel up from Egypt by blank he cared for him. I came up with four ways to answer that. Um, The Lord used his word to bring Israel up from Egypt by his word he cared for him. Would that be accurate? Sure. What about a carpenter? The Lord used a carpenter to bring Israel up from Egypt by a carpenter he cared for him. That'd be a more direct parallel with the prophet, right? But could it be the Lord used an angel to bring Israel up from Egypt by an angel he cared for him? That one could be. I also thought you could even do the Lord used Pharaoh to bring Israel up from Egypt by Pharaoh he cared for him. It's more ironic and so forth. Any of those could be, could be the case. I'm just playing with a, a passage here. Just an exercise. Let's go on. It's good to get your daily exercise. Herod kills the boys. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, he was furious. The word, the Greek word "furious," is it, it's the word for he got really hot. His his rage uh, burned in him. Did I say something else about this in the notes or not? Um. Oh, and, and this is a meanwhile incident. They're still in Egypt, of course, while this is happening. I don't think I said anything about this in the notes. Okay. (coughs) I sure did study the word themos for a long time this morning, though. I think I got called away from my office. I never wrote anything down for you. But anyway. He issued orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding countryside from two years old and under. Why that age group? Why go all the way up to two? Could be... Could be. I, th- I go ahead. Could have been going back to conception in his mind, and uh, I think if you're trying to kill somebody, overkill is acceptable, right? In the days before precision drone strikes, you know, how do you how do you how do you kill it? In fact, in German, there are, there are two words for kill. You can kill someone, or you can kill them dead. Thoroughly kill, you know, what, what's the difference? Uh, one is one is you stab him, the other one is you blow up his house and everybody in it, and that's what Herod's doing here. He's going to make sure that he kills all the boys in Bethlehem. Um, I was asked to actually research this number for somebody a while ago. I think it might have been one of our Sunday school teachers and asked me to, to look it up. But I came up with Bethlehem being the size that it was, even in the surrounding uh, uh, countryside the farms and so forth how many two-year-olds and under would there have been in Bethlehem I think no matter what you do you end up with a number that's probably fewer than 20 um, something like that I don't think it was hundreds you know but, but still the, 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 the babies of Bethlehem I was just uh, what was it Winston Churchill said those poor lads, those poor lads. That was uh, something else. Um, there was a ship. Oh, I know. And in the, in the early days of World War II, before the war really got going, a famous uh, U-boat raid was made on Scapa Flow, which is the, the main harbor of the British Navy. Okay? It's in the islands, and it was, you know, protected. Well, Gunter Prynne was, was sent in U-47 to make a raid in Scapa Flow in 39, before the war was really even getting started. Um, and he went in and found, to his surprise, that most of the British Navy was gone. Um, there, had been a, there were a lot of U-boat scares in those days, and they, they would just empty the harbor if, 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 a, if, a, if even a stick floated in that they thought was a snorkel or a periscope or something. And what he found was... A ship that was only there for anti aircraft purposes was no longer even seaworthy. Um, It was a vessel, it was an old cruiser from the 1800s, you know, an old steam cruiser. It was barely, uh, you know, it was one of the first ships built after the Age of Sail, you know, and so it was just there with its guns to for. And uh, he sank it. Um, It took him every torpedo he had, he kept missing. Um, it was just a really weird botched raid that he ended up becoming a national hero for. But most of the crew were under 18. because all the seasoned crew were out in the ships, right? And this was like a, a boys' training ship because it's not going to go anywhere. All they can do is like go through drills and man the you know the masts and things like that. And so there, it was all boys who were hundreds of boys were killed. I think 800 or something like that. Or No, a total crew of 800, and 300 were rescued, so 500. Um, anyway, uh, and it was, it was actually uh, tethered to another ship that didn't sink, and so they rescued lots and lots of people in the water. But, but, and Churchill said, those boys, those poor lads, which um, a lot of things Churchill said um, were quotes from the Sunday before. From the, from the pastor's sermon. A lot of famous things Churchill said actually come from his minister. And I kind of wonder if those, lad, those poor lads came from a, an epiphany sermon in the, in the, in the winter there of, uh, of 39. Anyway, this was in keeping with the exact time he had learned from the wise men. So he was careful to figure out when they had left um, whatever part of Babylon or Arabia it was and how long it took them to get there and so forth. All right, then what was spoken through, the, through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. Um, and what had Jeremiah said? You know the passage better than you know that it was from Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah 31. Let's read this together. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they are no more. Um, what in Jeremiah, what children is Rachel weeping for? Well, first of all, where, where is Rachel in the prophet Jeremiah? No, Rachel had died in the book of Genesis. That's that Rachel. She died giving birth to Benjamin in Bethlehem. Oh, Rachel died in Bethlehem giving birth. To her last child. So the idea of Rachel weeping for her children, she only had two, Joseph and Benjamin. And so her weeping is somewhat for the unborn children. They you know she wanted to have as many as Leah had, but she didn't, um, and so forth. But here in Jeremiah, though, Jeremiah takes the scene of Rachel weeping, which she was doing in Genesis when she died, and named her son Ben Oni son of my trouble, that then his father changed the name after she died and called him son of my right hand, Benjamin, Ben-Yamin. But why is Rachel weeping? Because the children of Joseph and the children of Benjamin are being carried off into the Babylonian exile. Ramah was a staging point for the exile. The Babylonians took people up to Ramah to get them in line, to chain them all up together, and then they would make them walk to Babylon. When we say that the Israelites were carried to Babylon, that's a terrible misnomer. Nobody got carried to Babylon. They they were made to walk to Babylon. Um, So that's Rachel weeping for her children uh, because they are no more. All right. The slaughter of the innocents is a minor festival. Um, We sometimes... Uh, talk about it in worship, but it's a, I, I, from experience, it's a tough passage to preach on. You know, but it's, ultimately, it is though, as Luther says, it's Christ persecuted, right? Sometimes we all suffer on account of Christ. These babies paid with their lives you know, for a savior they only knew from prophecy. That's all. Return to Nazareth. After Herod died... An angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. That suddenly helps us to understand that this wasn't just casually later on. But I kind of wonder if it's Herod died and then immediately the angel appeared to Joseph. You know, like an instantaneous prophecy or, or, or appearance. The angel said, get up, take the child, same as before. Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So who, who does the angel mean by those? Specifically Herod, yeah. But there may have been others who had died also. It could be that some of Herod's henchmen had died as well, and none of them are still around. At least they're not looking for the, for, for the baby Jesus anymore. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, Herod's son, had succeeded his father as ruler in Judea, he was afraid to go there and since he had been warned in a dream, he went to the region of Galilee. So rather than going back to Judea, to maybe to Bethlehem again, maybe they liked their apartment or their house or whatever. But they're warned, don't go back there. So they go back to Galilee. Joseph had been from Nazareth. And so now they just go back to where Joseph had originally come from. Um, by the way, was Mary also probably from Nazareth? Yeah. I mean, how else would they have met? So I think they were both, you know, from Nazareth or the lo- location, but they I, I wonder if they had kind of liked the Bethlehem area and just couldn't go back there again. You know, which you know, is too bad, but they had to go somewhere else. At temple, we, and- we don't know that he was presented exactly on time because that's Luke, not Matthew. And Herod is out to kill him. So could it be that they went to Egypt then Herod dies and now they can go have him purified and then have Mary purified but then they head right up to Galilee. That makes sense to me. It's just the confusing words the time of her purification had ended. Had ended, yeah. But we're not told that it was immediately ended that it was exactly on the right day. But that it was it was it was done with, um, and to go in and uh, to go to I'll, I'll say slip into into Jerusalem, you know from from Egypt is as long you know they're not looking for a house or anything like that they're not even to give any identification or anything like that they're just going in to purify Mary after the childbirth and then go and but go to live somewhere else just in case somebody finds out about it because you know. Mary's always singing that song of hers. My soul magnifies the Lord as she's doing the dishes and stuff. And and somebody might overhear. So Joseph says, we're going to go up to Galilee. I don't know that Mary sang the Magnificat every time she did the dishes. but I know women who sing the same song whenever they're doing certain things, though, in the house. Um, My mother sang All Together Now by the Beatles, Whenever she was folding laundry. Isn't that odd? It's the most obscure Beatles hit. But mom sang it whenever she was folding the laundry. So, And by the way, now what happens? Sometimes I do too. Mom's birthday is later this week. I've been thinking about mom. When he arrived there, he settled in a city called Nazareth. So what was spoken to the prophets was fulfilled he will be called a Nazarene. Shall we look at that passage together? I never could find it. Neither could anybody else. It, it, isn't, a, it isn't a passage. It, it's, not a, it's not a passage. Um, uh, the text does not indicate that this was a direct quotation of the Old Testament. And it does not seem to be an exact quotation of any passage in the Old Testament scriptures. And therefore, I have a question at the bottom of your sheet. Was this, he'll be called a Nazarene? Was it a recent or local saying about the Messiah that Matthew records for our benefit? I don't know where this, he will be called a Nazarene thing came from. Did, did Was Matthew aware of a prophecy that we're not aware of, maybe? Doesn't well, it like well that? Nazarite. Well, and that's also part of the problem with... Nazarite Nazarene that some I'll call them fringe Christian groups have you know they want to be the church of the Nazarene but they talk about Nazarite things all the time and, and uh, uh, so forth so I'm not really sure but uh, we, have, we end chapter 2 with a question um, it won't be our last question in Matthew but it will be our last question like this one which is where does that prophecy come from but it could have been something that that, uh, Matthew was aware of that other people weren't aware of. Um, um, Matthew was also perhaps a Levite um, because his name was Levi. Um, And could he have been thinking about something in the oral law, Um, the, the laws around the laws that Matthew even says, you know, according to the Pharisees, or whatever, this even was said. He'll be called a Nazarene. Um, and then, if, if that was the case, what would be the first thing I would expect to be erased from the oral law of the Pharisees? That very statement. That, of course, if the Pharisees had, had added a statement about the Messiah, that he'll even be called a Nazarene, then I would expect the Pharisees to stop saying that when Jesus' popularity was growing and they would excise that from their own oral tradition, which weren't written down for many years after that. So maybe that even got obliterated um, from their tradition. I don't know. But all of these things are a possibility. But that's also where we close because that's the end of chapter two. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church you all, Minnesota.